0: Welcome back for the final category, the final conversation of the game of the 2001 Deliberations. This is where it all hangs out. No holds bars. This is where things get ugly. Tears are shed. Relationships are broken. And friends leave never to come back to the Saturday morning gaming show discussions.
1: (laughs) What is this, Mario Party? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, this is best game.
2: Not Mario so, Party.
0: <laughs> what makes this one fun is um we we try to get the top 10 games in order and you know what's what's fun is it's always like between like five and seven those are the ones that are difficult to place so it's usually pretty easy like one two et cetera and number 10 but for some reason like the five through seven always seem to be the categories that there's a lot of horse trading going on so uh best of luck folks and uh let's let's remember we're all friends here uh but just kind of real introducing the cast uh we have again we've got uh, retro haka say hey retro Hey, folks. Keep it retro. We got Alamaxia here. Hello. And Miss Anthrope. Hello, hello. I, of course, am the Fat Wizard. And these are the games we have listed for best game of 2001. Silent Hill 2. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Final Fantasy X. Halo Combat Evolved, Grand Theft Auto 3, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, Mist 3 Exile, Clive Barker's Undying, Zone of the Enders, Blade of Darkness, Wizardry 8, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, Ikaruga, and Devil May Cry. So a pretty stacked list here. Does anyone have anything they want to first talk about? Kind of throw out there to either cut or yeah, let's let's start with the things we should cut.
3: I think Zone of the Enders is one that could be cut. It had it had some fun stuff going for it, but it was a it was a game that never really took off. It got a sequel, but the combat and everything. And it was really repetitive. The story wasn't that great. Um, I think it's one that we could, that could could be cut.
0: Yeah. I've been going through it recently and, um, everything you said is spot on. And it's actually even coupled with the fact that sometimes it's hard to figure out where you're supposed to go.
3: Yeah, definitely. uh, I remember about a third of the way into the game. I spent probably about two hours going, where
0: do I go? Where do I find this Lance? (laughs) There's this very specific thing i I got stuck on, I had to look up. You have to go find like a a mech that has been untouched because you have to like you have to like take control of it to walk in some force field or whatever. and your one of your characters, one of your partners says, "Oh, I remember where I saw one of those." And I'm like, great. Could you maybe tell me because there's like six areas here, and I don't know which, I don't, I don't know where to go. They had to, so yeah, it's just the stuff like that. By fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, that's an
2: easy cut, I think. By Zone of Avengers. I just want to check on uh, Phoenix, right? I think,
0: I think this is right um, that it qualifies because I think it was Japan it released and then like five years later came to the States. Yeah. So Japan, it came out on the Game Boy Advance in 2001. So that qualifies. And then what we didn't see it until North America until 2005. So keep that in the back of your head. As we get to 2005, we will not allow Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney to be considered for that year. Um, that one's cool. It is a visual novel. That, uh, has some light gameplay elements around it. And you know, it's, it's sort of broken up into two phases. There's the investigation phase where you talk with characters and you investigate crime scenes and you collect evidence. And then there's the courtroom phase where you stand up and say objection and, uh, and you present your evidence to the judge and, and try to throw people in jail or, or, uh, clear your co- client of any wrongdoing. Uh, I think my biggest problem with this game though, and I think one of the reasons why I, I might consider it for cutting is there's this, this dissonance, I think that is fighting you through playing the game where it wants you to be this crime scene investigator and this, uh, this attorney, but you have to do it their way. And I get it. It's it's a difficult thing to implement like a courtroom scene in which you have to present evidence to to clear up your case or whatever. But I so often I would get to a situation where I, I knew kind of what the game was asking it was like, OK, I need to I need to show them that the footprints don't match or whatever. Oh, cool. I've got uh, I've got shoes. Why don't I give them the shoes? And They'll be like, nope. The shoes aren't the piece of evidence I need, and so very often I'd run into things where I'm like, all right, well, what's the specific piece of evidence the game is looking for? So, is anyone familiar with this game that could speak on it?
2: I I only know know
3: in passing.
0: No. So no one's played this.
1: No, I was gonna say that uh, you you pretty much hit it spot on. That you know, it it feels like. Well, first off, sorry, it's I don't play many point and clicks or visual novels. And Phoenix Wright was one of the ones that kept me interested all the way through. Like the only one other I could think of is like Space Quest, you know, but I, I felt that, too. It's like I felt like there were some points where it's like you're looking for that one arbitrary piece of information that they're looking for, and that's where I found it started kind of suffering, is because eventually, when you start going through your, you know, your uh defense's dialogue, you just basically say hold it on every single one until you find something. And yeah. I think that's where it kind of fell fell off a little bit on me. And if you have too many missteps, you
0: get thrown out of the courtroom, and you kind of have to do that that again.
1: That, yeah. That- which
0: can be like 15 minutes of just hitting next, 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 next. The stories are really great. The characters are great. And often there's really cool twists where you're like, oh, oh, we we had the wrong person here because of this. So there's actually another part of the case and you have to go and investigate that. And you're like, oh, okay. So this this person was coaxed into doing it because of this or it was actually a big misunderstanding. Every one of the stories was compelling and I loved reading about them but yeah it's just the actual gameplay part of it left a lot for me to be desired and that's why i think we we can cut it here
1: story is well worth the play but like you said
2: on the other side of the spectrum
3: a game that is virtually no story all action ikaruga i think we could cut mainly because um I think so, because this was an arcade-only game <laughs> at the time, so it didn't really reach too wide of an audience, and it was also Japan-only at this time. It was... I think it was great as a space shooter, but it was... it was kind of one-dimensional as a space shooter. It had it had a great mechanic of, you know, switch your colors to not die, but your weapons never upgraded. There was no power-ups in anything. It was just... Well, the the story of that game is basically, I think your sister was kidnapped and you are flying this just like crazy Japanese, uh, like the the uh, Gundam style, uh, just metal, really sharp point ends. You're just flying the ship through, bam, blasting things. And that's basically all it is.
0: I guess, though, when I think about space shooters, um, you know, the ca- top-down space shooters here um there's two there's two franchises that come to mind there's r-type and there's ikaruga and i almost think ikaruga is the the one that everyone knows about like the biggest even if it was niche when it came out or maybe didn't at the time have as big of an impact like really does anyone disagree with
3: that so i I thought raiden would have been more more recognizable Mm -hmm. than ikaruga
1: I was going to say that, like, I remember hearing all about Raiden. And by the time uh, Ikaruga, uh, you know, came out to me, you know, like I I started noticing it was well, well later. Well, that's
0: fair enough. I mean, I love what it does. I'm terrible at the game. I've only gotten to like level two. So if if you um, actually I know that you are kind of keen on this, if you're willing to cut it. I like, just wanted to make sure we're 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 really thinking about it here.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at some of these other games and I can I can already I can already plan out my top five right now and Ikaruga
2: isn't in that, so that's why I'm like, eh, I think it could be cut. Alright, let's go ahead and cut it.
0: Okay, <laughs> so I think we got some of the easy ones out. I mean Ikaruga maybe wasn't so easy, but I'm looking at this list, and I, I'm having a hard time cutting two more things to get to our top ten. Retro, why don't you help me out here?
4: Yeah, I would, I would
2: uh, propose Wizardry Eight for cutting. That we'll one's tough. One that on. is
0: the magnum opus of the Wizardry franchise. It is an incredibly strong title. Are you are you cutting it just because uh, you haven't played it?
4: Yeah, I haven't played it. I will say that the Wizardry franchise survives in the east. Uh there was I'm... Yeah, but they're
0: terrible. They're absolutely, they're they're they are a <laughs> skeleton of what these games are.
4: But it, yeah, I think that also goes to impact. When you think like like uh you know, I I think I can also do my top 5 right now and is not in it. Um neither are, you know, obviously several of these other titles i mean maybe we should try going top down
0: yeah i, I don't think wizardry is top five but i would hate to see it not get in the top 10 i think again it's such a large game there's a lot of replayability the classes are fun the characters are fun well you want to
4: stick a 10 on it like because the thing is i've not played it so i don't have a huge opinion about where in that ultimate stack it is. I just know it's not my top five.
0: Yeah. I think it would be, it would be good at like either a nine or a 10.
2: Let's take a nine on it.
0: One of the things that's really cool about this game is that, uh, well, I guess it's cool in concept and theory, maybe not as fun actually doing is um, they've got a dialogue system and 7 and i think maybe 6 had some minor semblance of a dialog system this is straight up just like you know a conversation system so not not uh, innovative on its own but one of the things that you could do is you could actually learn about keywords and in every so a keyword maybe like a city name or a villain name or a person name and um as you were chatting with i think almost anyone in the game there was, a, there was a a text box and you could just say, tell me about Anrika. And if they knew about the city Anrika, they'd be like, oh yeah, this is, you know. And so it was really cool and it was like sort of that text parsing thing of like, all right, well, they're not just going to present all of the dialogue options to me. I kind of have to piece together these stories and what might this person know about. And that was really cool. And I remember that being like something that, sparked my imagination is as you know an interesting way to do dialogue and i was actually thinking about this the other day the advent of machine learning is like maybe there's a possibility for something like that to go back and actually have more in-depth storytelling through asking questions and actually developing specific responses so anyway i want to throw that out as like something that was really innovative and cool
3: do you think Maybe that might be, be a little this, but... bit of a precursor to uh, some of what uh, was done in Elder Scrolls City Morrowind? I know that's a that's a year down the road, but that had a whole lot of branching tree uh, conversations and you did have to go through like the dialogues yeah. and kind of go through them and learn about the things and actually read what they were saying because that game did not hold your hand.
0: Well, it was a it was a simplified version that they implemented okay. here. So Wizardry 8 was literally a text box. You'd say, like, tell me about... and you, you, So you'd write all this stuff out. So it's out. more, it's more or, like a mud
3: game or, or thinking back yes. to Zork.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. And sometimes you could find really cool things and secrets because you asked the right person the right thing. Um, and Actually, we're going back to EverQuest 1999, <clears throat> game of the year. And uh, they had some of the similar quest things uh like their quest system was not what you think of a world of warcraft what it was you would wake you roll up to a guy and say hello and then you'd say they'd be like hey i have a quest for you and you'd be like tell me about your quest and then you know so you'd actually like type it out anyway uh we can move on i'm cool with
2: saying this is like a 10 or a 9 for now just for kind of trying to play stuff okay um and the other thing
0: i will say just uh both for the audience listening and for you folks is a reminder that just because there were a you know we had we just had best multiplayer game and uh just because something hit number 1 or 2 or 3 really doesn't mean that it's going to survive on this list or be top one two three it's like best game is the total package it's the story it's the single player it's the multiplayer if it has it it's the graphics it's the art direction it's the the audio it's it's literally the whole package there so uh, there's no there's no like weird issues of like let's say best multiplayer game doesn't even rank on top five of best game here so just a
2: call out there I think a game that I would put above ten but below five
3: is Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance
4: yeah, I'd agree with that yeah
3: I think we've we've kind of talked about that at length, and it's a game that i I feel just it got repetitive, and like I said, once I beat it once or twice with a friend, it wasn't really much to go back to it It didn't have the 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 acting in it was very not great
0: <laughs> the acting.
4: Well, and I think beyond that, I mean, obviously, being an early console action RPG didn't have the the kind of persistent multiplayer, the the hell mode runs, the kind of stuff that you had in Diablo 2 that kept that game alive for so long.
3: Yeah, there was no actual end game to it. It was you beat the game and yeah. yay, let's do well, it if again. You remember
0: that's how Diablo One was in the single player. Yeah, so. Yeah, I I was super strong on Dark Alliance for about the first half of the game. They had so many cool things like you're going into Baldur's Gate, you're going into a Thieves Guild. There's traps, you're jumping over things. There's some very light puzzle solving there. You're fighting a beholder at the end of chapter one. It's so good, and and I was really hoping that all right, cool. We've set up like a different a bunch of different mechanics. It's not just fight enemies, but it's like jump and dodge traps and stuff like that and then acts two and three i was really hoping for like more innovation to be delivered and it never did and i think even you know Alan you said by the end you were kind of done i was i was almost done about two-thirds of the way through the game i was like all right i have seen what this game has to offer
2: yeah i you know, I know to that be frank it's I it's, might... it's
3: successor perfect or did it much better
0: Yeah, I can't wait to play that one. Uh, And just looking at this, I might actually put this one above Wizardry 8, to be
2: honest. Sorry, below Wizardry 8. Yeah, you want to put it as 10? I'd be cool with that. All right, so we're going to have to start going around the loop here, but I'm going to start us with
0: uh, one to cut. I think we can cut Clive Barker's Undying. This is a a game that the the moment to moment gameplay wasn't super compelling. It's more about investigating the atmosphere and the lore, and sort of like living out this experience in this haunted manner. But the the gun play, the upgrades, some of the spells they're not they're not as it, it, they're not like Halo <laughs> caliber. That's for sure. <laughs> so I think. Um, I think Clive Barker while it is a cool idea, I don't think it's one of the top 10 games of the year.
1: While I very much enjoyed this game, I I only knew about it due to having Clive Barker's name attached to it. So it was like it was one of those things like oh hey, that was a fun play, but it was it was kind of like a good book but not a great book. Like you played it through once yeah. and you're like yeah, I really enjoyed this. It had some really cool things to bring to the table. I don't really want to revisit it again for a really long time.
0: There's a reason why Clyde Barker doesn't put his names on games anymore. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, this game was supposed to have some multiplayer that was cut because of low low sales on the, the actual game. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're talking in a world in which the, the multiplayer would have been the selling feature, and anyone looks at that, and we could consider <laughs> that for the last category. But, alas... It was not the future we uh,
2: inherited.
1: An alternate world where undying became the next enemy territory. Or call of duty.
2: Okay,
0: so we have we have two that are kind of tentatively slated in the top 10. Any easy cuts here. So we, if we have one more cut, everything else is at least in the top 10 that we've got remaining.
1: I don't know enough about Blade of Darkness, but I would like to hear more about it and uh, where it would stand by the person who posted it in this category.
0: Yeah, this is me, and no one else has played this game, right? I'm just no, check, checking the room.
1: I've seen gameplay, but I have not played it not. myself.
0: Well, I do recommend it uh, if it goes on sale on GOG.com to pick it up, and I think we can cut it only because I don't know I'm going to get a lot of traction on this. Again, uh, it, it's, it really is a precursor to Dark Souls. Um, and, you know, the, the combat feels weighty, uh, which is why that was what we added for, hey, I like what you did there, which was, hey, weighty combat. Um, it's uh, Even the weapons have different movesets. So there's different characters, so there's different ways to approach the game. Uh, and uh, it's tough. It's very, very tough. But I look at this other stuff here and it's like, wow, these are almost every one of these that I can see has a numerous sequels attached to them of the games we have remaining. Um, So for better or for worse, there is no Blade of Darkness 2. All right, so let's give a little summary of where we're at. We have our top 10 games. We now need to order these. So in no order right now, we have Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Final Fantasy X, Halo Combat Evolved, Grand Theft Auto 3, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Myst 3, Exile, and Devil May Cry.
4: And Silent Hill 2. So we...
0: Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, Silent Hill 2. I must say and so, again, we kind of have Wizardry 8 at 9 and Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance at 10. I'm
2: pretty happy with those there. Uh, I just... Um, I don't
0: have enough context on Return to Castle, Castle Wolfenstein. Like, okay, we talked about the multiplayer. How is the single player there?
4: It's a really fun campaign. Um, it's pretty meaty. It, it kind of uh, reimagines uh, the original storyline where you're breaking out of the castle and then you go back into it to do additional missions, but it really fleshes out a lot of the characters. And um, what's cool is that that storyline has, has persisted and continued throughout the
2: sequels, uh, which, which go up into present day with, with the titles by Machine Games. And I want to say, um, I'm trying to remember how long the single-player campaign is. Uh,
4: misanthrope, do you remember?
1: It was pretty long, if I remember right. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of actually specifically looking for a single-player playtime for a rough estimate. A lot of people are saying main story is probably about eight hours-ish. Somewhere around there. Uh, It goes through quite a few different areas. You know, you're escaping from Castle Wolfenstein proper. You head out into this, like, French village. And then you go through catacombs and weird science experiments areas where a lot of strange things start happening. It really... It touches upon a lot of what you would expect for a Wolfenstein game. Like, you know, shooting... A lot of World War II era Nazi soldiers and taking it to the Axis and running into weird paranormal and biological experiments. It it gets really wacky, and I feel like someone who wouldn't get into that series would catch them significantly off guard, which probably set a stronger lasting impression. Because admittedly, I played this game first, and that made me want to go back. And play the originals. Do you fight
0: Mecha Hitler though at the end?
1: <laughs> you fight a guy that kinda looks like a World of Warcraft villain.
0: Death Death yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: Death's head, yeah. Deathhead.
0: Death's head, uh, he I think he's in the, the other ones, the newer ones.
1: Yeah. My only regret okay. is you can't go fight Yanoral <laughs>
2: Fettgesischt.
0: Okay, so I get uh, so here. Here's where my head's
2: at. I am torn between Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Mist 3 Exile,
0: and Devil May Cry is being like kind of like the set like six, seven, eight.
3: Same.
1: Pretty similar, yeah. yeah.
3: So d- I didn't put Devil May Cry on there, but the one thing I do remember about that was. It was super fun, super arcade very fast-paced. It was something that I didn't really get out of many games, uh, from especially the PS uh, PlayStation to PS2 era. And I did, I did just remember that game getting so, again, repetitive. I was just mashing buttons, and that's where I felt like. All I was doing was just mashing buttons to progress.
1: That and uh, the attempted platforming uh, later on uh, was enough to get me to pretty effectively punch a hole in my wall. <laughs> and that hole's still yeah. there. We call him Gary. I would
4: yep. I would say that the... Um, so button, mashing's button mashing won't get you anywhere in Double May Cry. That maybe it was your problem. The uh, It is heavily a skill-based game. It actually takes a lot of inspiration from Street Fighter 2 uh, where you have to link together combos. Um, that said, you know, I'm pretty much in the same boat between the three of those. Um, I would make an argument. I would put Miss 3 at the bottom. Uh, and that's mostly because I think the series pretty much petered out around that time, whereas Devil May Cry was just kind of getting going.
0: So I'd actually flip the argument because I think Miss 3 Exile was the highlight of the series and Devil May Cry was the start of it, and they needed some time to kind of refine that formula.
4: Hmm, that's an interesting take. I would agree with you, I think Buildmaker 3 is actually the peak of the series. So
1: I think I'm inclined to agree there.
2: Yeah.
0: And then Return to Castle Wolfenstein, are those above or below those two titles?
4: I'd put it above. I mean, I think... You know, I don't know, i Curious to hear misanthropes opinion, but for Castle Wolfenstein, you know, I feel like it's very playable today. Like, you could boot it up right now, play it right now, you'd have a great time.
1: I will admit, I played it once through uh, on the vanilla version, and then I played it on, like, the the modded, you know, high-resolution, bring-it-up-to-date port as well. And then I found myself playing it again, just to mess up with, mess around with things. The thing about it is, yeah, it's a first-person shooter, and you still sort of hit the same. You run in, you shoot the guy. Sometimes you stab the guy, but they managed to keep such a variety uh, in the locations, and later on, your you know your foes, and not to mention that that multiplayer. I would argue is is uh, something that kept that game's life going quite a bit, whereas sadly missed while. Well, It was an incredible story. It was just that. You played that story, and you were done with it. And if you liked it, you could play it again, but it was kind of the same thing. And Wolfenstein even kind of went on, and I'd argue it was influential for a lot of Quake Engine multiplayer games as well, because we started seeing a lot more objective-based games following that.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of the modern Call of Duties and Battlefields, they
2: owe a lot of the mechanics that they have. Uh, to that game. Like, all right. So, yeah. so we're
0: saying devil may cry at number eight, miss three at number seven, and then return to castle Wolf well, on sign number six. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm happy with that list. And so we have five games left. Silent Hill two, final fantasy 10, halo, uh, GTA three and MGS two. So here's how I want to approach this, and it, it's it's not going to make any sense, but at least it's a way for us to start thinking about this. With the exception of MGS two, every single one of these I think had genre defining was a genre define or qualities was a pivotal no, it was like a pivotal change in that franchise. And, and and it's like probably the the best version of those if that makes sense. And the only reason mm-hmm. I'm saying MGS2 isn't is because I think MGS3 was the was that moment. Like so I guess what I'm trying to say is like those were the magnum opuses of of the franchise and everything else after that was just iterative on that formula.
2: Um so I-
3: what I'll disagree that point, um, only, only because I think Halo peaked around Halo 3, with especially with its multiplayer and the wide array of abilities and weapons, but Halo was much more just definitive as, as, like you say, changing the genre and just influencing so much more beyond it.
4: Yeah, agreed. I mean, when I think about... You know what's funny about MGS2 is, at the time... I wasn't even a big fan because of the, the character, you know, subverting your expectations. Uh, and in retrospect, I can look on it much more positively, but I would agree. It is very much a sequel to MGS, and the other games are transformative. You know, Halo introduced first-person shooters to console.
2: Auto Grand Theft Auto uh, 3 invented an entire new genre. so just base again that, that's a super weak argument for me but i just wanted to get people start
0: talking so
3: i think it's an entirely we valid argument. argument though
0: yeah if we were going to stick with that then that means that we'd say mgs2 would be number five
3: looking at the list we have i i think so
1: Forgive my ignorance for this, because I I played MGS2 far, far later, so I didn't really get it during the time frame of release. But I remember hearing a lot of, like, game-related news reports and rumors of them, like oh yeah, Raiden's just making fun of the player base and a lot of people hated the <laughs> themes. And That's I remember Kojima. a lot of negative media surrounded around it as well as good meat, you know, as good. It was very polarizing.
3: The one thing I do remember very distinctly in Metal Gear Solid 2 is toward the end of the game, whenever your conversations with the general just start getting really crazy, I just remember one of the transmissions, the general just goes, I was a North American fall webworm in my t- past life. Ah, those were the good old days. <laughs> what were you in your former life? That, it, it, and it, it really started messing with the player's head. Like it would be like fishing mailed instead of mission failed, like acting like you failed the yeah. mission. And it really just took that psychological aspect to another level that we kind of saw a little bit of from Psychomantis in No yeah, Psycho Psycho Solid One. Yeah.
1: Yep. yeah. That was really cool. I mean prior to that we he was he was really bumbling up until that point and even then he was still in the dark but that's when he really started catching up cuz I still remember colonel i managed to avoid drowning
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty good um I also want to say, like, the script was so asinine for MGS2. Like, what was? Well, was it their guy?
2: Like, w- as
4: I think I said earlier, like, I still don't understand the entire plotline of the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Great games, but yeah, very convoluted.
1: The first three were very much their own things, and I I remember hearing thereabouts when four came out that. It was more or less uh, Kojima having to tie these stories together, and that's where things got really off the rails.
0: Yeah, I guess there's like a character named Vamp. I don't think he was in the first one, but he's like he he was was in two. He's he's just a vampire.
1: Pretty much. (laughs) It's nanomachines, son.
0: (laughs) I get it. Yeah, it's like nanomachines, but he's basically a vampire. (laughs) Um and I just thought like, there's a guy named Fat Man. Yeah, oh, I, I love guess. Fat Man. I guess that's um well, I mean, the, the thing is uh much of Kojima's work, or at least in the Metal Gear Solid franchise, always seems to be kind of um rooted in in the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? And so I think it's kind of interesting that here we have a character named Fatman, uh, which was no doubt a inspired from one of the bombs there. Um, and I think, isn't he, is he the one that actually tries to blow up the tanker? Too? He is, Uh
1: Yeah, so I he's believe. the
0: explosive guy, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of ties that together. Anyway, it's, it's a little... Okay, so I think Metal Gear Solid, the first one, I think there was some fourth wall breaking, but I think, like... MGS2, I feel Kojima takes the fourth wall and bashes the player over the head with it. I you think know, what just, he does is he makes the much.
3: player think about the fourth wall a lot more. Okay, fair he enough. He makes the fourth wall in the forefront. And that I think that was neat, but yeah, it's still a 5.
1: Yeah. I feel like 3 did a better job striking a balance between that fourth wall and really stepping into it sort of thing. Like but uh i don't want to go into depth for that because that's a later game in the series but metal gear solid 2 was where we really started seeing it
0: yeah i mean i really want to acknowledge the improvements to the game you know we noticed from mgs1 to 2 just playing this year on the podcast it's like in mgs2 you can open up lockers you can put dead bodies in there and or or knocked out bodies um people will notice bodies on the ground so you have to hide them. It's just a lot more dense with mechanics, and so from from a pure like systems standpoint, bar none, like this game has so much uh, content to it, so much density to everything interacting. Um, but yeah, one I think in terms of yeah, go for it.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say one of my favorite things was sneaking up behind people and shaking them down for everything. <laughs> yeah.
2: So okay, so it sounds like people are comfortable with MGS two at number five. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's let's go around the table here, because uh, we have four strong titles. I have a I have a a title in my mind for number three, but I'd love to hear from Miss Anthrope
1: a title for number three. Sorry, for number four. Or number four. I this may be personal taste, so correct me if it starts sounding like it. Uh I'm inclined to say number four probably Grand Theft Auto Three. The thing that, about That
0: is not the title
1: I had in my mind, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh the thing about it is it revolutionized like our open world, our do whatever you want sort of scenario, but I know a lot of the sandboxy method also kind of derailed a lot of people to not finish our main story or side quests or otherwise. Whereas, I had a story. Yeah, (laughs) I guess not. I'm I'm not sure exactly, but that's one of the things. Is
4: very embryonic story.
1: uh, Yeah, it's like you almost feel it doesn't really exist. Although I guess. A lot of people found endless hours there. I felt like when I got into it and I got far enough and I started getting like really good guns and stealing good cars and things, I felt like I really saw all that there was to offer. Whereas the other games, I, you know, even, even 10, I like, I haven't played 10, like I've mentioned prior, but I have gone and watched the playthroughs because I do enjoy the stories. And, uh. I don't find myself doing that with the Grand Theft Auto series. I find myself going in, messing around a bit, having some fun and then kind of setting it aside. So while it did a lot of good things for the industry, the game itself, I find I I fall aside. I feel like future games did better.
3: The one thing I remember, one thing I do remember doing with Grand Theft Auto 3 is uh just have a bunch of friends over and we would just see how long we could stay at 5 star and stay alive. Yep. Just, pay, just <laughs> yeah. and, and that's what it turned into was, let's go find the best car, and let's just go see how long we can live.
1: Yeah, great party game in that regard.
4: Yeah, you sit in a corner with an RPG and wait for the tanks to roll up, and the soldier <laughs> yeah. gets out of the tank. You, you shoot <laughs> the RPG, <laughs> then you get the tank, then you see how long you can live. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So for for me, I have never been a fan of GTA 3, and I, I leave it on here because I recognize that this was an industry shift that happened. This was basically the invention of open world games to the masses, and we started seeing a lot more a lot more structure starting to be placed in these open world games to make them actually pretty fun. So for me personally, you know, GTA 3 isn't one of my five favorite games but i do include it here just because of of you know the impact it had so i'm cool with it wherever we put it here um i guess uh retro i want to get your take on this like is is gta3 number four for you
4: yeah gta3 is number one for me uh so influential in the industry we're still living in that world. Even Zelda has conformed to the Grand Theft Auto model. Um when I and by the way, this is a very good list. I think I think every all each game is in great company here. If I had to pick a n my number four would probably be Silent Hill two, which I haven't finished. But one of the reasons why I picked that is because I think I think there's two titles on here that are extremely influential, uh, and I would those would be my number one and two, and and Silent Hill is not one of those.
0: Where are you at, Alimaxia?
3: I was torn. Be- well, I was torn between putting Grand Theft Auto 3 and Silent Hill 2 at number four, and I think I'm gonna shift and say Silent Hill 2. Because it does have a wonderful story. I hadn't ever played it until we did it for the podcast, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go back and play it for the other endings. But I think that's a game that once you once you go through what it has, you kind of went through what it has. GTA 3, you're gonna keep going back to it at times. And and like we said, it was so influential towards future games. I mean, we're still playing they're still developing on Grand Theft Auto 5, what is it, almost 10 years later? Yeah. But it's, it's a game that has thrived and it has such a community to the point where people are doing full-on role-playing servers where they play like an individual, like like a, a dairy clerk or, or a clerk or something. They're, they're just It's mind-blowing what people have built with the, G, with the GTA formula. They haven't done that really with Silent Hill. Silent Hill it it was single player it had a great story that's about it
1: that's a very that's good point w- oh you first fat wizard
0: Th- that's kind of where i'm at is silent hill 2 I think if you were to just, like, strip out the story and just focus on the gameplay, it's actually not all that fun. No. <laughs> it's kind of weird to say that, right? It's the a lot of just... feels like trash. There's Yeah, it's like, we're where running. do I go? Oh, you got to run down the hallway and pick up this random thing. Oh, there's a billion locked doors, so go make sure, in you know, make a fishing hook through, a, you know... A, 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 I have a key, and there's 20 locked doors. Which one does it open? Yeah, it's like... So it's, that game is driven by the story and it, it prevents a great atmosphere, great music, great atmosphere, great story. But and we're talking about a, a total package here. I don't know that it's it's best game and I'm happy to see it at number 4.
1: Yeah. I was uh going to say too that Silent Hill 2 is a uh, is probably one of my favorites of all time personally. But I can also see that it's not crazy approachable, especially those that aren't into horror games in general. It was immensely influential. It's a powerhouse for its time, but also a lot of people would probably give it a significant miss solely for the uh, the content alone.
2: Okay, so we got our top three. Again, I, I, I've already
0: talked about where I stand with Grand Theft Auto three. Miss Miss Anthrope, you, you kind of seemed like you were along the same lines of thinking as me as this is kind of where it gets off. Uh Retro Hakase seemed very much opposed to that. Yeah. But- Almaxio, where do you sit on that?
3: I it's it's a number three for me. Uh Final Fantasy X and Halo are two games that I I could argue to, I could argue them both to be number one and either one deserves number two, but I know we have to eventually cut one of them. So GTA 3 has to get cut in my mind now.
4: Yeah, for me, it's Final Fantasy X is number three. And the main reason why, and I, of course, I love Final Fantasy X. I've played it many times. But the, when I think back to 2001, when I was playing these games, um I didn't even beat Final Fantasy X until two thousand two. Of course it came out later in the year, but but the reason why is I actually got derailed by two other games. Uh three three in fact. But uh Shadow Hearts, which came out a month before and just had such an engrossing setting and story, you know, we talked
2: about that in a previous session. Um it's not on this list for other reasons because, you know, it's all about the whole package. But
4: the, the other game that came out around that time was Grand Theft Auto 3. And I didn't have any particular... I wasn't anticipating it. You know, I wasn't waiting with bated breath, uh, breath for this game. But when it did release and I picked it up, that open-world gameplay was so engrossing that, again, it made me put Final Fantasy X on hold. And I think when you uh, think about it in that way, for me, my number one and two, a lot of it goes to industry influence, and it's, it's Halo and, and GTA 3. And I could see a case made for either of those, so I, it's hard for me to say one or two. Um, but I think pretty firmly, I mean, especially being the 10th title in the series, uh, Final Fantasy, I would say number three. I, yeah, so here's
0: one. Final Fantasy X is my number one, and that's because I think it has got a great story. It's got great characters. It's you know the the RPG battles are are fun. They're they're very traditional. You know they they don't experiment too far out of that.
4: Uh, I actually, by the way, I think that traditional I argue you against that. Is, a, is a plus.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm saying that, that, that's fine. But, uh, but it, like X2, that kind of threw, you know, spices up a little bit, made it some interesting things.
3: The, the thing I loved um, about the Final Fantasy X combat, though, is the fact that you could switch your characters out mid battle and create different combinations of strengths on the fly. Mm, that, was, that, that was so cool. And I think that alone, right there, was extremely influential to the JRPG um, just genre. And that, that continued all the way through the remaining Final Fantasies.
4: Yeah, the other benefit of the FF10 uh, combat system was that it actually allowed you to use all of your characters. And in fact, the, uh, the enemy weaknesses tended to force you to do that. Um, which, in previous games, there would be six or seven characters, but you, know, you kind of pick your main three and go from there. So it was nice to have an opportunity to use the entire cast
3: another thing is that ff10 here had a pretty extensive end game like there was a lot of post final boss stuff to do a lot of stuff to grind out for and that's something that i don't feel <laughs> that the previous final fantasies had as much of like they're, they're, there's there, there's like there was there's so much to do <laughs> in final <laughs> fantasy Lady 10
4: bolts and Chocobo racing <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: getting those balloons oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, there was a lot to do in it, but it did, it did take away the open worldness of Final Fantasy. It yeah. made it much more corridor linear, and it didn't really give you the ability to even go back to previous places until about until you're almost done with the game. You know what's it's funny like chapter is, ten.
4: At the time, I really lamented the lack of a proper
2: world map. But now when I go play it, I'm like, yeah, of course. I just want to teleport to that area. But it, but it lost some of the exploration because of that. So, Alamaxi, where were you on this between Final Fantasy X and Halo?
3: I have, I have Halo at my number one and Ten at my number two.
0: All right. So I think that we're gonna to have to use a handy grid for this one because I think everyone's all over the place. So I think maybe we write down where what we think we are and just kind of look
2: at get a survey of the land.
0: All right. So it looks like Almaxi is saying Final Fan or s- sorry, so Almaxi is saying Halo is number one, Final Fantasy two, and then GTA three. I'm saying FFX, then Halo, then GTA 3. Looks like Retro Akase, almost the opposite, actually is the opposite of me. GTA 3 being number 1, Halo number 2, and Final Fantasy 10 being number 3. And then Miss Anthrope, waiting on you. What do you got there? You're saying Halo is number 1, FFX is 3, and GTA 3 is number 2.
1: Absolutely. It's- so just. Go for it.
0: Go, go for it, Ms. Anthem.
1: I was just going to say, like, Final Fantasy X, the, the more you guys explain it, the more I watch through, because I, I didn't sadly have as much time to play through as I would have liked. I, I feel like replayability takes into a huge account as well, whereas it's an incredible story. It sounds like an amazing endgame, which I think is absolutely essential for a JRPG. It brings a lot of new things to the table, such as playing with all your, you know, playing with all your characters, as mentioned. Whereas Grand Theft Auto, like we mentioned, how influential it was, but the the amount of casual fun you could have with it. And the biggest one for me, too, with Halo is very much the same reason. Like, I still... the The story was really interesting in the fact that it was a lot different than a lot of combat games, even if it wasn't really overly thought out. Like, like overly in-depth is a better word. But I still had fun playing co-op. I still had fun going on custom edition later on and doing mods. I still had an incredible amount of time just doing silly stuff in pretty much any game mode you could think of. And I think, to me, that replayability is like, a key factor for for a really good game. It's like, how much can I get my money's worth? How can I continue to enjoy? And while Final Fantasy X does a very, very good job in its storyline, otherwise, it still has, forgive my ignorance, uh, one, two endings, three, somewhere around there. You have the replayability of going back and rediscovering. Only I think, one. I think it's just one. Well, okay. I will say
0: though, like you, you keep mentioning replayability, and sure, you may replay Halo for eighty hours, or yeah. you could just play through Final Fantasy X for eighty hours once. Like <laughs> you don't need to replay that; it just gives you the same amount of content.
1: Fair enough. That's a very, very I, fair. I guess point. for me, the Halo
0: games have always felt a little, a little floaty, not quite tight enough to be like a really solid first-person shooter. It was a and bullet sponge yeah but that's, and that, that's yeah. kind of what yeah. takes it for every every yeah. bunch
4: of games since marathon is is a little floaty oh all the way up through destiny
0: yeah i guess that's that's kind of why i've never been a big halo fan is it, it just doesn't feel like the impact of you know i i realized this later but like call of duty is a really great example of of just like boom yeah you feel good about shooting enemies there, so I kinda... but I've
3: also not—I've also not played GTA 3 with 15 people all shouting in the room at each other.
1: Yeah, that's that, the that, big that's sell for me.
0: I, I think it's the multiplayer transcends the feel of the game and just is more about the accessibility of getting in and having fun.
4: Yeah, the um, you know, as I said, I mean, these are very close for me. A lot, I think, a lot about the the influence of the impact and. And they're different, right? You know, with uh, GTA 3, it's the open-world paradigm. With Halo, it's bringing multiplayer first-person shooters to console. Um, and I could really go either way. So, you know, I would not be upset <laughs> with Halo as number one.
2: So, numerically... Final
0: Fantasy, based on our averages of our votes, Final Fantasy X and GTA 3 are basically tied for, call it second place, and then Halo would be given first place.
4: Yeah, I'd be okay with that.
1: It's a very, very tough decision because all of these are so immensely influential.
0: So, unfortunately, we do not do ties, though, so get that crap out of here. We gotta find number two and number three. So I guess, I guess we're going with Halo as, as number one. Which means FFX and, and GTA 3 need to be number two or three, respectively. Um,
3: so here's where I kind of am between now G- okay. Final Fantasy X and GTA 3. Is that we just kind of mentioned GTA 3 had a story, but not a lot of people really went and did that. They just treated it like a sandbox. And if we remove that entire story from it and we only have a sandbox, then what do we have in comp- compared to like a 40-hour story with a whole bunch of different characters, complex... I shouldn't say complex dialogue, but a lot more dialogue, a lot more voiced-over dialogue. Um, I feel like Final Fantasy X was the game that I would have spent more time playing like when I sit down and play it, I wanted to play that for four or five hours. When I sat down and play GTA Three, I was kind of done after thirty forty minutes.
2: Well, a... I mean, you're talking about session length, right? I mean, it kind of goes this. I the I, I feel
3: session length also gives gives a lot of credit to what like how good of a game is it. I mean, I've definitely had played RPGs, JRPGs, where I can only do like an hour or so at yeah. a time. For I'm like, oh, this is just I can't keep going. But I I wanted to, like, I wanted to just sit down and play 10 and just keep playing and
2: keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. Yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting <coughs> for me is the is GTA 3, you know, we just had
4: this remaster trilogy and forget about that thing because that thing's trash, but Yep, if you if you went back and played the originals, if I go back to the original trilogy, the one that I want to play is Vice City. Cuz it has that story, it has the characters, it has a setting, it oozes a the style, there's of course there's the wonderful soundtrack. Um so yeah, if you think about it from GTA 3 where Claude is a silent protagonist, it's weaker on story. I would argue that Final Fantasy 10 is weaker on gameplay and it's more linear. I mean, I guess what makes it the whole thing difficult here is that there's just very different games. One, yeah, I mean, one, you're basically
0: talking about em-
2: yeah, emergent gameplay versus scripted. Yeah, and I suppose I could see a case where if I just looked at them, if
4: I looked at them as series. Like, today, within the series, which of the two respective series, which one do I value more? It's Final Fantasy X. Because there's an HD remaster, it's very good. You can play it, it's a good story. You know, if I'm going to play Grand Theft Auto, I'll play Grand Theft Auto V. Or I'll play Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, but I don't know how that type of analysis fits with what we're trying to do here, where we're looking at 2001.
0: Well, I think that we we have the benefit of 20 years of insight and backwards looking. So I've always considered that part of this, right? Is like the games that may have been nominated for best game of the year in 2001 may not exist or have much of an influence in the industry today. And so I think we always can use that as a as a, another piece of data to
4: evaluate, but that would almost argue zone. more for Grand Theft Auto because I think it's as a series, it's much more influential today than Final Fantasy is.
0: I, I agree with that. That's more influential. But again, we're not we're not solely devoted right. or limited but to that as a We're not talking about the
4: series. If I talk about, so yeah, I don't know. I'm also a, a I'm open to flipping a coin on it too.
1: <laughs> that being said, I uh I know we're talking best game and it seems kind of very vague, but to me it almost sounds like what we would find ourselves consistently playing the most. It could be influential, it could be otherwise, but what really stuck with us. Uh to me like I I have not played 10 by no in a personal circumstance. When I play open world or sandbox games, I tend to go to mess around. I'll play for a little while, I'll have some fun, and then I'll get bored and I'll move elsewhere. But I do consistently find myself either going for something really action y, i.e., like Halo or Wolfenstein, like we mentioned, or I'll find something with a story that really pulls me in, and then I get, you know, I get really engaged. The thing about open-world games, uh, for me at least, is they're incredibly influential, especially 3, like we mentioned. But there are other games that went on to do far stronger, whereas a good story, good music, amazing you know visuals in their own right, really, I think, really stand the test of time. Like, I, I would ask would you go back right now and play 10 or would you play grand theft auto 3 is is an example yeah, and I would you find yourself sure more that,
0: engaged i'm pretty sure that argument comes up every year
2: too yeah this, is, yeah this is basically it's every valid. year but
4: but i will say i that that's a compelling argument to me like if i have both of these games on my shelf if i go upstairs and i'm gonna pull one of them off my shelf and it can only be these two games right not not Final Fantasy VIII, not Grand Theft Auto Five, not Red Red Dead Two. Uh, I'm gonna pull Final Fantasy. What about X. Wizardry Eight? Would uh, that could Wizard that be one? 8's Not on my <laughs> shelf, and I don't intend that. Uh, <laughs> okay. But I would pull Final Fantasy Ten. All right, I'm gonna change my vote. All
0: right, so it sounds like that's gonna be number two, and then uh, GTA Three will be number three. Well, there we go. We have done it. Let's go do a quick summary of the year, and then I'm going to come back to you all for just kind of like last-minute thoughts here as we close out the year of 2021. So on day one, we had best graphics, and that went to um, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, and then we had uh, Ikaruga and uh, Gran Turismo 3 Ace spec as runners-up. Then we also did the category, hey, I like what you did there. And the winner there was Grand Theft Auto 3 for being an open world with reactive game systems. And we had two runners up, which was Pikmin for having unique puzzles and resource management, and Max Payne for slow motion firing. (laughs) Then we moved on to day number two for best story. The winner there was Silent Hill 2, followed up by Mystery Exile, and Final Fantasy X. And then we closed out day number two with best music. That went to Silent Hill 2. And we had runners-up of Shadow Hearts and Final Fantasy X. Day three, which we just finished here. We had best multiplayer game. And that the winner go, went to Halo Combat Evolved, followed by Super Smash Brothers Melee, and Return to Castle Wolfenstein. And the best game of 2001, start from the bottom. On number 10, we had Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance. Number nine was Wizardry 8. Number eight was Devil May Cry. Number seven, Myst 3, Exile. Number six, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Number five, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Number four, Silent Hill 2. Number three, Grand Theft Auto 2. Number three. two is Final Fantasy three. X. Number two was Final Fantasy X. And the best game of 2001 was Halo Combat Evolved. Woohoo! So there we had it. Saw Retro trying to sneak in a last minute uh, correction I was there. just
4: correcting your, your title.
0: Oh, what did I say? You said
4: Grand Theft Auto 2.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Grand Theft Auto 3 was number three. Thank you. I thought you were trying to say Final Fantasy X was number three. Uh, <laughs> so how are we feeling about all this? It's a long day, couple days of discussion. My favorite time of the year. It's, it's Arduous, though. Uh, but it's fun to talk video games. What Do you guys,
1: you guys have any closing thoughts here? Boy, I uh, had a lot of fun, and I really thank you for inviting me. Honestly, this was a blast. First things first, though, while we talked about this and we debated very hard, like, all these games are absolutely incredible in their own right, and they're very well worth a play.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I hope that uh, we, we talked about Blade of
0: Darkness a couple times and people hadn't played it. I think uh, what I really like about these these deliberations is it gives me an opportunity to know about games I hadn't played before. Like, I definitely am going to try to check out uh, Combat. What was that? Combat? Ace Combat 4. Ace Combat, like, That yeah. sounds cool. That sounds great. And Shadow Hearts, that sounds cool. And so every year, you know, that's why I would bring on a wide range of people here. Every year, I learn about a couple more games, and I put that on my list to check out during the holiday season. So we hope that that is something that, as the as a listener, you also get to learn about a couple new games there. Alamaxia, any parting words from you?
3: I love doing this with you guys, and thank you everyone for uh, for recording with us and, and doing this. I can definitely see how the future deliberations are going to continue to get harder and harder, because I think we're going to have more and better AAA titles as we go. I think I mentioned the other day that we're seeing that shift from kind of independent developers and studios to... Much more, uh, much more larger teams of people that are able to create a better video game overall. So, if we ha- had a hard time making top three or top five this time, uh, it's, next year is going to be, I think, harder. I'm looking forward to it. Shall I provide the
1: nail bots, the nail bats, or the combat knives? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm actually really curious, just real quick, what sort of games we're looking at. Uh, so I'm going to look that up real quick while we get some parting words from Retro Hakuse.
4: Yeah. I'm going to echo that as well. I mean, it's always a blast. Uh, going back in time, 20 years with this group, and remembering some of these great games and the great experiences that I had, one thing that really struck me about this year is, and, and I do remember this at the time, but this 2001 was the year that the PlayStation 2 really hit its stride. We look at our top five on the best games here. Four of the top five are our PS2 titles. Um, and and And, of course, in the number one uh, title is is a launch title for the Xbox, so we are seeing that industry shift that had talked about where we have some real heavy hitters uh that are really really elevating the uh the games' experience in the in the industry in general uh and then you know, as you're looking up you know two thousand two, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of some great games right now. I think Neverwinter Nights was 2002.
2: Morrowind yeah, yeah, sure was 2002.
4: Morrowind.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, Good
0: stuff. I really want to cover Morrowind on our, our Saturday morning gaming show, so I think we're going to try to do that next year. And here's something that's interesting, though. It looks like Final Fantasy XI was released in 2002, Almaxia.
2: Mm-hmm. So that,
0: I think uh, that was maybe th- fun. Yeah.
1: We've got Biohazard and Metroid Prime and Vice City yes, that we brought oh, up. Metroid
0: Prime was
1: Metroid there. Prime.
4: <laughs> we got a, How is this uh, only twenty years darkness. ago?
1: What happened to time? We got Time Splitters too. Did, Man, what was, Tony Hawk's Pro or, Skaters? Did
4: we only have? Was it only Melee that was the only GameCube game on, on our list?
2: I think so.
3: Pick, yeah, I think Pikmin so. was on our list for. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I like yeah. it did there. Okay. Ikaruga tech, technically was uh, GameCube when it came U.S. side.
4: Yep, yep. That's yeah, that's true.
3: Well, every year I I like to at the end
0: of it the episode just kind of pull up the next year list just to kind of see what we have, and always always very excited to uh, to check out what we're gonna be chatting about. Uh, so, boy, <laughs> that'll be some fun conversations. Yeah, so mark it on your calendars 365 oh days God. from now. Wind Waker's on there, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God.
1: There's so much good. I am part of this knife fight next year, whether you like it or not.
0: Absolutely. I'd love to have you. <laughs> with that, we're going to wrap you wrap it up. Everyone here on the Saturday Morning Gaming Show would love to wish you happy holidays. Have a safe time uh, out there eating food whether you're with your family having drinks you know going on vacation whatever you do we hope that you bring along saturday morning gaming show on for the
2: ride thank you everyone we'll see you around thank Bye-bye. you bye see you